You're listening to Heart Food Podcast, episode 14, all about the food healing timeline. Welcome to Heart Food Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, nutritional therapy practitioner and private chef. This is a show that tells you the truth about food, nutrition, movement, mental health, mindfulness, and body image, all with a hefty dose of real talk. This show is aimed to inspire you, up-level your mindset, and make you feel more confident and comfortable in your own skin, inside and out. To find the show notes for each episode and to sign up for my weekly newsletter sent out on Thursdays, visit ashleypardo.com. Find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Ashley K. Pardo. If you have a question to be answered on this podcast, please email it to heartfoodpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's show which is all about the food healing timeline. This is actually a blog post or inspired by a blog post that I wrote a couple months ago, and it has some of the most beneficial information and tools when it comes to healing our relationship with food, being patient with ourselves, and feeling comfortable throughout the process that so many of us go through when it comes to food and our bodies, I know I was in it for like 20 years and realizing that the things that we go through when it comes to food are actually gifts for us and we can actually take them and accept where we are, honor where we are and know that we can change and that we can get out of the mindset that we're in is just so important because this stuff is so freaking hard. Um, before we get to the episode, I wanted to tell you guys that I'm actually going to be running something free for all of you. That's going to be coming out in the next couple weeks. I'm going to be talking about it on my website, on my uh, newsletter, which comes out every Thursday. You heard about it in the intro, but if you want to hear about this free series that I'm going to be running Definitely sign up for the newsletter. Definitely try and stay tuned. Um, It's going to be really, really good. And it's going to go so much more in depth than I've ever gone on podcasts or on my blog so that you can have an amazing, sustainable, easy, and fun lifestyle when it comes to food and movement. Like, is there anything better than that to just like live your life? the same every single day. I mean, not necessarily the same every single day, but to the point where you love where you are with food in your body. And I know that so many of us that turn to food during difficult times or for comfort, we really want that and we desperately want it sometimes. And I will be taking a gentle yet super actionable and practical approach to this because I want to help you guys using the tools that I have used to help myself. And especially recently, I've kind of talked about it a little bit, but a couple years ago, I gained 25 pounds because I was not in a good place mentally with my mindset. I just had a lot going on. And even though I knew these tools, 
Even though I had been writing about them and living them for so long, I still had not healed certain areas of myself that needed attention. And I think sometimes we can think that we are fully healed and this stuff is in the past. But the thing is, if we don't heal it fully and we don't look at everything that's going on beneath the surface of our minds, the way that we think, our patterns, we'll stay in the same place and we can even revert back. And that's what happens so many times with our lifestyles and with our journeys. And I never thought that I would be back in that place again, uh, like three or four years ago. It was just so surprising to me. And I'm not going to lie. I felt really shitty about it, but it was another gift, even though like in the moment, we definitely don't think that it is because then I really got to dig deep and see really what works in order to feel amazing, uh, look amazing as a result and just get back to a place in our bodies where we feel comfortable. So I've recently lost those 25 pounds, probably in the last uh, year or so, maybe two years. And I'm just feeling so good. And I feel like I have learned so many things throughout this process and I want to share them all with you so we can all get to a place where we feel confident and amazing in our bodies and we can reach our goals in a way that is, like I said, really sustainable and fun and it just feels effortless. So please stay tuned for that. Send me a message if you want to know more, but I will be rolling it out in the next few weeks. So I hope you guys also enjoyed last week's episode. When I re-listened to it, I was like, do I really laugh like that? It was like, God, my laugh is so annoying. But it was definitely a more candid episode than I normally do. Definitely like off the cuff, not super organized, but I thought it had great information because having that support, especially as we go through this process, like what I'm going to be talking about in this episode with healing your food relationship and kind of looking at it as a process that we all need to go through if we suffer from this type of stuff. Having the support and the sisterhood, somebody to just kind of like catch you when you fall is necessary. Like we really can't do this by ourselves. So I just want to encourage you to make that a priority in your life. And we'll be linking the blog post that I wrote that corresponds to this episode in the show notes. So be on the lookout for that. And I know that so many of us struggle with food. I mean, if we didn't, the diet industry wouldn't be like a multiple billion dollar industry. And why? Because it has repeat customers. Diets don't work. They might work in the short term, but who wants to be miserable and who wants to live in that sort of extreme way that's like really not fun at all? all. And when we have a troubled relationship with food in our bodies, we can often just want to do anything to get rid of it and stop struggling and just be like desperate and itchy around it. And the thing is that our relationship with food can actually be the thing that teaches us the most about ourselves. It can be the thing that we can use as a gauge for how we're feeling in the moment. So like, for example, if we are physically full and we still want to eat, like we don't really need the food in that moment. 
So what is really going on? And trust me, that's the last thing you want to do when like you're full and you want to eat a shit ton of chocolate or whatever. But if we can learn to pause in those moments and we can learn to just take a step back and not get wrapped up in that insanity that happens around food sometimes, then we can really use our relationship with food as an amazing opportunity like a self opportunity to see like what's going on in our minds and our bodies with ourselves, with our past, with our so-called issues, the stuff that keeps popping up. Those are the types of things that you need to bring out into the light when you are healing your relationship with food. And it could be a lifetime of patterns and habitual thinking and trauma that continues to come up through our relationship with food. You know, the way that we act with food is really a symptom of an underlying cause. So I'm not even going to get into what that could be because there's so many different scenarios that could play out. But the thing is that when we are dealing with a difficult relationship with food, we want it to, we want to get rid of it like with a snap of our fingers. We want it to just say like, bye, I'm gone. But then we wouldn't allow it to teach us anything. So through this process, I want you to be patient. I want you to view this as becoming a better and more aware human that knows how to take care of herself and deal with your shit on a level that a level of empowerment that you can just handle it and that you have the courage to do anything that you want. Use it in that way. This is not easy. It sounds kind of simple but you're taking a courageous act on yourself when you choose to do this and when you use your relationship with food as a compass to to see where you are in life and to see what's going on and how to become more aware. Um, and this is why diets are so popular, right? Like when we want to lose weight, we want it to happen immediately. We want it to happen yesterday. And that isn't really like how it works at all. And that can be really disheartening when diets fail. And that's why I'm always a big believer in taking the longer, more sustainable approach in which you'll be happy. Gary Vee has that quote that I posted on my Instagram a couple weeks ago, or maybe a week ago, um, macro patience, micro speed. So to have like so much patience in the world for yourself and go super, super baby step slow because then at the end, well, there's never the end. We never arrive. But when we reach our goal, when we reach where we want to be, then we can sustain it forever in a way that like doesn't feel nutty or crazy. Like you're just living life and the food that you eat and the way that you move is just an enhancement to the life that you live. So I really think that we should take our relationship with food and just deal with it once and for all. It's going to be hard. You're not going to want to do it some days, but like if you look at yourself straight in the mirror and look at all your stuff in the light, then you can begin to heal and you can begin to get to a better place. And I know that what I'm telling you right now is not like the sexy route, but trust me, wouldn't you rather spend a year of your life, maybe looking at all this stuff, dealing with it, maybe gaining weight if that's part of the process for you. If like, for example, you've restricted for such a long time 
that you might need to gain weight to get to a healthy place, then wouldn't you rather do that and figure yourself out, figure out the foods that work for your body than to just keep going up and down, yo-yo, binging, restricting? That doesn't feel good either. And the reason that we like to do that is because that offers a sense of control. When we embark on the journey I'm talking about and promoting, we need to offer a sense of trust, which is the complete opposite. (laughs) So dieting isn't fun. I know that binging isn't fun. The whole aftermath that comes from that, I will do an entire episode about binging because so many women come up to me and tell me about their experiences with binging and how it's so shameful and difficult and it's just not a good place to be in. I mean, I know because I've been through it so many times, but I have not binged in years because of these practices that I'm going to be rolling out in that um, uh, training that I'm going to be doing, but you know it doesn't feel good. So why not consider the alternative, even though it might be slower, even though it might be harder, because then you can take that relationship with food that you cultivate and have it for the rest of your life. It is 100% worth it. You know, not everybody struggles with food. A lot of people don't, but a lot of people do, especially women, some men, but this is such a touchy and sensitive subject. But if we can reframe the way that we think about it and act about it, act around it, I mean, then we can have such better, more relaxed lives. And honestly, right now I'm in the best place that I've ever been with my food, with my body. All of my choices are made from a desire to feel great in my body and my mind. And everything else is just noise. Like I just view my choices as like, okay, is this food going to make me feel awesome? Is it going to make me feel aligned with the way that I want to feel? Or is it going to make me feel bloated and lethargic and foggy? Like, I just don't want to feel like that. And I've felt that way so many times that my choices now are effortless and easy. Sometimes I do eat those foods, but it's made from a place of like, it is worth it to me right now to eat this food. We will also be talking, talking, (laughs) what the heck? We'll also be talking about um, how to stay curious, open, and flexible, and not to beat yourself up throughout this process, which so many of us do. Remember that your body image is not your self-image, and that it shouldn't be, because if we put all of our worth and our self-image on our bodies, it's just a setup for disaster, because the only reality and constant that we have in life is change, and If we are putting our worth on a certain body type and if it changes, then we're just going to possibly hate ourselves. And you have to develop a self-image that is unconditional to yourself, that no matter what, even if you gain weight, if you lose whatever it is, if you lose your job or whatever, you are still a worthy human that is your birthright. And my goal for you is to not have any drama around food ever again. So we need to embrace all facets of life. Ram Dass, who is a spiritual author, says, literally, I want to eat it all. Not necessarily all the food, but every experience life has to offer. The joy, the sadness, the sorrow, the melancholy, the euphoria, the amazingness. 
all of it. We need to be present for it all and realize that life is a series of ups and downs. We don't know what's going to happen. We can't control it, even though we want to. We can't. We have to trust that everything can be used for our greater good, our growth, and our development as humans. So now let's quickly go through, because I want to keep this episode shorter than usual, hopefully. (laughs) Um, Let's go through what people usually go through when they have a food healing journey. So where does it start? It starts with dieting, right? This is when, I mean, we know what diets look like. You're restricting, depriving, probably binging. You're looking for the next quick quick fix, the thing that will finally work. So you're like Googling, obsessed, like what's the next thing that's going to make me feel awesome, look awesome? What's going to make me lose the weight? You might not really be enjoying your food. You're thinking about food all day long. You long for the things that you don't allow yourself to eat. I mean, I remember I would have like dreams of chocolate and cinnamon buns Social situations that involve food give you tons of anxiety because, oh my God, what's going to be served? And what, am I going to overeat? Am I going to, you know, not listen to my hunger and fullness cues because I'm going to be so involved in the conversation? You might still be thinking about foods as good or bad. You might judge yourself and your body constantly. You don't trust yourself around food. You're not necessarily listening to your body and nourishing it because oftentimes when we're dieting, we feel like crap, we're starving. Like you go to bed starving so many times when you're dieting and you're not really choosing to nourish it. You always also look for external sources to dictate what and how much to eat. So again, you're not really listening to your body. You might be obsessed with losing weight, with having a smaller body, with this is super important with what your life will be like and the person you will become when you finally lose the weight. I think that's the biggest thing because that's why weight loss can be so disheartening for so many people because like they think that they're going to be this new person when they lose the weight, but in reality, you're just going to be the same you that's reached a goal. It doesn't fix the inside. And that's what I really want you guys to do. I really want you to take what's inside of you and heal and realize that you are a person worth taking care of and worth loving. And that's what it really comes down to already. Like no matter where you are in this journey, you are a worthy person. So like if you've done things like the HCG diet, taken diet pills, reduced your calories, eliminated a vital macronutrient. Um, Also, if you are exercising your face off to burn off your food or to be uh, punishing or to be compensatory towards what you just ate, you see food and exercise as a transactional relationship, then you're in the dieting phase. And we can be there for years. I know I was there for like... 10 years or something way too long if i would have known this information i wouldn't have stayed there as long which is why i'm so passionate for um passionate about talking about this to you guys the next stage that we reach when we are when we are kind of done with dieting we all get to that point where we're like fuck it i'm fed up with this shit i'm tired of it i'm not going to do this anymore i'm never going to do it a diet again Once and for all, I'm going to stop dieting. You might have reached a limit where you're tired of restricting and not feeding yourself well. I mean, who wouldn't be? 
you decide to take a chance on yourself and stop dieting. This is a huge step because we we see diets as a way to control, a way to keep us safe. If I'm on the diet, then everything is fine, even though like you don't feel great when that ha- when that's happening. So this is a crucial step and kind of the biggest step that we take throughout this process. You want nothing more than to feel comfortable and not feel crazy around food. And you know deep down in your heart that life can be better than one centered around dieting and restricting. Yes, like hallelujah, this is amazing. And the fed up and fuck it point is kind of um, completely instrumental in taking that next step towards healing, like I said. Once we get super fed up, then I think the next step is to legalize foods in your mind. Allow all foods. There's a blog post about legalizing that I wrote and allowing everything at the beginning, which is super important as you heal. I will link it in the show notes, but you have to take a leap of faith here. This is tough. This is not going to be easy. And you need to reintroduce foods that you're scared of. Now, if you have an allergy or a severe intolerance, which I actually do, and as I was healing, I would actually be eating like a shit ton of gluten and dairy after I would binge and stuff and I would binge on them and then feel horrible. But that was part of my process. And that was part of the reason that I ended up gaining weight, you know, four or five years ago, because I was healing. I didn't realize it at that time. I hated it, but I was getting a step closer to where I wanted to be because at this point, engaging in those behaviors is never worth it. And I know it because I did it so many times. So again, if you have an allergy or an intolerance, then you don't need to eat those foods if they hurt you that bad. Um, That's really a personal decision, but I totally respect what people choose to introduce and not. So maybe don't eat things that really might make you sick, but reintroduce those things that you are scared of eating. Like even if it's just some sugar or some cheese or something, what are those things that you're scared of? Expose yourself to these foods so that you know that life will not end when you have them and that you have more power over the food itself. When you eat it, you're like, this really isn't a big deal. Like for example, if you're scared of cheesecake, which I used to be, I was like, I'm not even going to have a bite of cheesecake, which is one of my favorite things, because if I do, then I'm going to be out of control. And I'm going to eat the whole thing and then I'm going to feel like crap and I'm going to get on the diet cycle again. But if you are present and you surround yourself with mindfulness and you expose yourself to a food that you're scared of that still might work for you, um, maybe not totally, but you learn that you can handle it and like it's okay and it's really not that big of a deal. You decide in this stage when you legalize the foods to eat it all at any time that you want. You might eat cake or ice cream for breakfast. You might eat more than your body wants. Like just do it, experiment, see how you feel in your body, your mind, and your spirit. Now, this doesn't mean to go off the rails. So I want you to be mindful still and not hurt yourself physically. Um, You know, don't make it the goal to binge. This is not the goal. Um, you know, I want you to, to really, really, really be present and mindful as you do this. And 
I kind of mentioned this before, but in this stage, you might gain some weight temporarily, but a couple pounds in exchange for food freedom for the rest of your life is worth it in my book. Another personal decision, but that could be a side effect. But I want you to be in a place where there's no rules. You're having fun. You feel free. But at some point, you kind of become sick of it. Like the food kind of loses its appeal. It's like, well, I kind of thought I wanted to have ice cream or cake for breakfast, but like that actually doesn't make me feel good for the rest of the day. Great. That is data. So as you go through this, keep a journal and see like, okay, if I eat a bowl of uh, cinnamon checks for lunch, like a huge bowl, then how do I feel? Like you might want to do that, but then how do you really feel? Like what's the truth and reality of the decisions that you're making. So keep in mind how you feel so that in the future, when you make those decisions, you can be more aligned with how you want to feel and not be a slave to certain foods. And at this point, you might be feeling kind of shitty, like you've restricted for so long and now you're feeling the effects and you kind of want to feel better and eat nourishing, amazing foods you love that make you feel great most of the time. Now, the next step is can be a little bit triggering for some people, but I'm going to mention it anyway because I really think it can be such an amazing tool for lifelong food freedom, and that is an elimination diet. And I really think an elimination diet is incredible for having a level of of awareness around certain foods that can be really inflammatory. I do not agree with the current model of intuitive eating at all. I think that people stay stuck. They stay feeling like shit because they're eating these foods that just don't work for them. And you just don't know if they work for you or not. Everybody is so individual and has different personal nutrition needs that we need to be just aware of what we're putting in our bodies. We just have to. And an elimination diet is a great tool to do this. Now, if you have a history of eating disorders or you kind of get into that slippery slope, then if you do this, work with a counselor or just don't do it at all. Skip this step. But tread carefully if you have eating disorder um, history because I know how triggering that can be. Make sure that when you go into this, your intentions are towards learning about yourself as opposed to just restricting and losing weight. So that's a big distinction to make. And the reason I love this is because it will 100% without a doubt reveal what works for you and what doesn't. And what an amazing thing to know. Um, And like I said, even though lots of intuitive eating people say eating everything in moderation is the way to go, like come on, how long have we been hearing that advice and how long has it not been working forever? Like, we don't know how to eat in moderation. Some people do, but like, it really doesn't work. It really, really, really doesn't. Very rarely can people eat everything in moderation and feel awesome. But the truth is, is there are common foods that are allergenic and inflammatory to lots of people. And to be honest, and this is the main reason that I want you to try this, you could live your entire life not knowing how good you can feel if you 
eliminate the problematic foods that don't work for you. You know, so it's just a thought. But get curious about this. And will you really live your whole life not knowing if you're feeling the best? Like a lot of people, I think, think that they feel great, but they don't know any better. So I think we should all give ourselves the opportunity and the time to see what can work for us. The most problematic, problematic foods that are usually eliminated on an elimination diet are gluten, dairy, soy, grains, eggs, sugar, nuts, legumes, and alcohol. So that's a lot. (laughs) And some of you are going to be like, well, what the hell am I going to eat then? There's still so much food that you can eat. I will link um, the Whole30. I know that a lot of people are not into that. So I feel like this could be controversial, but if you do, you know, if you do a whole 30, it's really not meant to be done a million times. It's meant to do it once and then reintroduce the foods, see how they work for you and then carry on. And you can do the whole 30 for free on their site. They have all the information there and I will link my whole 30 experience. I've done about four. I will probably never do a whole 30 again. Actually, I'm hundred percent sure that I'm never going to do one again. I just feel great. I feel comfortable with my food choices, I know what works for me because I've done so much of this in the past, but I will never do a whole 30 again. And that is the goal, I think, to just get to a place where you decide the rules for yourself and not just arbitrarily and blindly follow rules that somebody else created. So keep in mind, the elimination diet is temporary. The next step is realizing what works for you and reintroducing the food. So after you do an elimination diet and you're back to that baseline of feeling awesome, which you will, you guys give yourself the opportunity to feel amazing. Just so good and not bloated, clear. Like I want to sing rainbows. Like I feel like when I am eating awesome, like rainbows are coming out of my mouth um, as I speak in glitter um, and sparkles and stuff. Like You can understand what I mean, but after you do the elimination diet, you might, or you will reintroduce certain foods strategically. So Whole30 also has a reintroduction schedule that I will be posting and spend as much time as you can evaluating and reevaluating what works for you and what doesn't. What are the ways that we can tell if foods work for us? So number one, digestion. So are you bloated? Are you constipated? Are you having normal bowel movements? Are you not? These are all indicators of whether your digestion is working or not. So we all know when we feel good in our bodies and I've talked about it before, but my digestion used to be horrible. I used to go to the bathroom like once a week and I thought that that was normal. And the truth is that I had a lot of food intolerances, but I just never knew. So if you're living in a baseline of not going to the bathroom and your digestion's crappy, Definitely do an elimination diet. Eliminate those foods that can be super harmful for your digestion, which I talked about before. But how's your digestion? Be honest with yourself. How's your mood? Are you sad, depressed, foggy? Or are you happy and clear-headed? That's another indicator. How's your skin? I mean, the skin is one of the biggest truth tellers in the world. If I eat dairy, I'll get a pimple pretty much immediately, or several. So the skin never lies. Is your skin clogged and um 
not looking very good? Is it not? Is it looking kind of dull or is it bright and looking energetic and clear and supple? So the skin is an amazing indicator of kind of what's going on in your body. Another indicator is performance and how you feel during movement and exercising. Are you lagging, fatigued, hurting all, all hurting all over, or are you feeling like a freaking warrior ready to tackle whatever comes your way? And I mean, you know how you feel in a workout when you're feeling awesome. Also sleep. Are you having trouble sleeping? Are you sleeping through the night? Are you sleeping soundly? Do you fall asleep easily? Do you want to sleep forever? You know, track these things, see how you're doing. And also energy. Are you tired all the time? Or are you going up and down with your energy all day long? Or do you feel full of vitality all day? Throughout this process, definitely keep a journal and take notes. Journal as often as you can, both about your physical and mental reactions to food, but also about your emotional relationship with food. Like, how are you feeling throughout this process? Do you feel like you're healing? Do you feel like this is hard? Which it will be, but... If we go through hard things, we get stronger. So I really encourage that for everyone. The last step after you have done the elimination diet and reintroduce some foods is food freedom. This is the step that we all want to get to that I have been in for several years now that I feel awesome with my food and my choices and in my body and When we reach this step, we've really taken the time to discover what works for us and what doesn't with honesty. We might really love some foods that just straight up don't work for our bodies. And that's something that I went through. I mean, I used to be, and still kind of am, I used to bake like so many things and eat them all the time, but I didn't know that those things didn't work for me. I didn't know that other things didn't make me feel good in in my body, even though I loved them. I mean, I definitely went through a period of grieving certain foods that I don't eat anymore. And that was really emotional for me. So give yourself the time and space to see what you are not willing to give up if it makes you feel like shit. Like, is it really worth it? You have to think about that. You have to be willing to do what is best for yourself. At this point, also in food freedom, food's kind of lost its luster. Since you've taken the time to legalize foods and you now see the world doesn't end when you eat them, you can see that they don't have power over you. Um, Also, social situations that involve food are easy and fun. So you might be comfortable speaking up to friends or family or at restaurants about your specific dietary needs, which is so important. You also realize that eating with loved ones isn't really about food. Big, 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 big thing to realize. It's not about food. We worry so much about the food when it's really just around about the people that we are around. During food freedom, you also eat fruits that work for you and you avoid what doesn't work for you most of the time. So I think of this in like a template of foods that work for me that I love, those two things. I love them. They taste amazing, they make me happy, and they work for my body. So when we're choosing foods, we really need both of those. And I also talk about non-negotiables. I have a blog post about them. So you might not eat food, or you might eat foods that don't work for you sometimes, but that's part of having a a healthy relationship with food too. Over the holidays, I was eating a ton of stuff that doesn't make me feel awesome, super mindfully, never really overeating, definitely not binging like in the past. 
but eating them with so much mindfulness and enjoying the crap out of them. They don't make me feel awesome, but like, whatever. If it's worth it to me at the time and I'm reaching my goals at the same time, then why not? And I think that that is one of the biggest things in having a healthy relationship with food. Um, You also, when it comes to thinking about what's worth it, you're constantly evaluating what's worth it and what's not. So for example, eating a triple cream cheese on vacation with your boyfriend is different than eating like craft singles by yourself the day you want to have to give an important presentation. It's just a totally different scenario. I mean, if you really want that cheese, um, then it's fine, but like you have to weigh the cost benefit analysis. Like I have to give a presentation in the morning. Do I want to eat something that's going to make me feel bloated and lethargic and maybe not make me poop? Um, cause that's the truth. So, or am I just on vacation and I'm relaxed and it's more comfortable for me to eat this right now? Those are just scenario, scenario, moment by moment evaluations of what is worth it or not. And a big thing in food freedom, if you eat too much of something that doesn't work for you, or you just eat too much in general and you end up feeling like crap, you don't continue to binge. You don't continue to go down that spiral anymore or want to restrict the next day. You just simply move on to the foods that work for you in the next meal again and again and again for the rest of your life. So that is the biggest thing I think, or one of the biggest things that I've taken away from this whole process is like, we're never going to be perfect. We will do things that don't make us feel awesome for a variety of reasons. Even last night, like last night I ate a shit ton of plantain chips and this morning I didn't feel great, but I exercised anyway. I'm still going to eat some food that works for me today. Like there's no mental repercussions or physical repercussions. Well, there might be some physical, but there's no mental repercussions or punishment or anything. It's just like, I did this. I'm a human and I freaking love food and plantain chips. And sometimes I'm going to eat more of them, but we don't have to give and engage in these compensatory behaviors and be mean to ourselves because we did something. We can just move on in a way that is productive for us. You also know that at this point in food freedom, that food doesn't fix problems or quell negative emotions. Wouldn't it be awesome if it did, but it doesn't. It might momentarily, but definitely not in the long run. So when we're in those moments when we might when we might want to eat for comfort or to numb ourselves, we can kind of shift our energy towards other things besides food. So that could be going on a walk or reading for fun, which to me is super indulgent at this point. Uh, I hardly ever read for fun anymore. Um, and just sitting down with like a cozy blanket with my cozy socks is an amazing thing to me. And it fulfills me honestly more than food at this point. And that's something that develops with time. At this point too, exercise is fun and enjoyable. You move because it makes you feel like a badass because it makes you feel awesome in your body. Also foods are not no longer good or bad. There's just what works and what doesn't for you. So as you noticed, like I didn't really tell you what to eat here and I won't. Like, obviously, yes, there are problematic foods that could be problematic for a lot of people, but you need to find out what works for you through this process. You also realize that there's no end point. The journey is the point. I kind of hate that word journey, but I mean, what other word is there? The path, 
or whatever, but you realize that there's no temporary period where you, you know, where you are restricting, 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 like there's, it's just life. So you, that's really hard to get to that place, but it is so worth it. Like I said, there's no end point. Let me say it again. There's no end point. The journey is the point. Living this day in and day out for the rest of your life is the point. There's no up and down. There's no arriving. There's no time that it's going to be easy. We have to be mindful for the rest of our lives, especially around our food and movement. And I think the most powerful step in this process is that you are able to guide yourself, take care of yourself, and love yourself through your food and exercise choices. Mind Pump, one of my favorite podcasts, uh, says, or Sal Stefano, one of the hosts, says, eat and move in a way that you, I already messed it up, but it's like, he says something like, you know, eat and move because you love yourself, not because you hate yourself. And how many times have we eaten and eaten things or restricted things or moved and exercised because we hate our bodies? Ugh, like that's just what diets do. They promote that on fun, <laughs> totally not fun, totally restrictive and whatever types of behaviors. And this all comes down to kindness and to self-knowledge and to love for ourselves. Like, don't we want to live our lives awake and aware and with energy? I really think that that's what it's about. So once you get to the food freedom stage, it's not like I said, like you don't just arrive there. You have to continue to be awake and aware and curious about yourself and change things as we change because our bodies do change and our minds change. So that's the biggest thing to consider. It's not about perfection ever. It's not black and white. It's about living in the gray area. And the gray area is an area that you have created. So if you all have any questions about this, please let me know if this resonates with you. Please let me know as well. And I hope you guys get so much about so much out of this episode and that you are brave enough to embark on this lifelong journey. Thank you so much for listening to Heart Food Podcast. To find the show notes for this episode, please visit ashleypardo.com. Follow Ashley on Instagram at Ashley K. Pardo. If you like the show, please share it with your family and friends and give us some love by subscribing and giving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes.